Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Mark Moore with us. Mark founded More Physical Therapy in 2002 and has grown to have three clinics throughout the East Valley of Phoenix, Arizona. He has also created Rehab Scribe that provides training for non-licensed entry-level healthcare workers that perform custom on-site EMR data entry. Mark, thanks for coming on. You bet, JT. Yeah, I'm really, oh, yeah, I'm really excited to be able to have you on. Um, and would you be able to kind of introduce yourself to the audience and give a little background of yourself? Sure. Um, so I'm an Arizona native, this area, East Valley, grew up in Mesa and went to school in Flagstaff, uh, graduated in 99 from uh, the PT school there with a master's degree, uh, one of the last master's programs for NAU to offer. Um, and uh, I worked for about three years uh, for a, a wonderful gentleman in Mesa before I decided to go out on my own and uh, create our company um, in Mesa, the first clinic. And um, we, uh, about four years ago, opened clinic number two. And then two years ago, um, we got a, a third clinic open by actually acquiring or purchasing a, an existing company. Uh, and so that's been sort of my route to three clinics. And then recently, um, have started a new company uh, in addition to our clinics um, that is helping to promote the use of a scribe, which is something I've got a lot of passion about. Yeah, that's honestly something I think is super cool. And we've kind of talked about this before, and I want to kind of re-highlight it on this podcast. Just the uniqueness of that, that's something that I haven't heard in too many places. So we definitely want to be able to kind of discuss that and, and the value that it brings to a clinic. Um, but for, I also wanted to know kind of what initially got you into PT? Um, were you kind of exposed to that through yourself or through a family member? Or how did you get interested in PT to begin with? Yeah, I think my route's different from most. I, I never worked as a tech. Um, I really had almost no experience other than a little bit of, uh, I think I had like the minimum number of hours required to apply for PT school. And uh, so, you know, actually looking back on it now after uh, 23 or how many years it's been, I really think what drew me to uh, physical therapy was I wanted to own a company. I wanted to own my own business and I wanted to have um, a level of professionalism that, you know, uh, having a license um, would give. And I wanted to have a level of um, autonomy and um, with, with a, a reputation or a, a sense of uh, something that was a big accomplishment. I think becoming a physical therapist and the, the schooling uh required and, and having a license was you know fit all of those things i look back on it now and i think it's funny you know i probably could have done a number of things as long as it was in the form of having a company of my own but i'm really glad physical therapy 
uh, is what I chose. And, you know, there's a number of reasons why I think it's been great for, for me personally. Um, I think one of those reasons is um, just the joy of the job. You know I mean? We all, all of us that are on this podcast probably are PTs and we know what's like to on a very regular basis, multiple times a day, have someone really appreciate the work you're doing. And that's, that's tough to find. You don't get that everywhere. So that's, that's beautiful. Um, but another thing that's amazing is if, you know, as a person who really wants to um, have a company that is uh, unique and is excellent. Um, I think that because of the environment of owning a physical therapy company right now, um, you have to really, uh, you have to really run a good company. It has to have the efficiencies and, and you have to have the capabilities um, that go beyond uh, maybe some of the different industries out there that have much larger margins. And so um, I think I've, I'm benefiting uh, from that schooling, if you will, that schooling of, of hard knocks of having to, to do a good job in, in running a, a business. And so I like that. Yeah. I, I think those are, are I, I love that. Like having so many people on the podcast, you learned of all these different ways that they've come into PT. And this is definitely, like you said, more of a unique one of you really wanted to be able to own your own company and be able to provide that. And you found PT, but, and I think you're hundred percent right that it, it's a job that has that uniqueness of so many people daily can really be so grateful that we're able to make an impact in their lives. And I think that's such a, a unique part of PT. And that's kind of a big reason why I loved it is that is that hands-on portion of you're able to help people, you know, improve their quality of life. And along that's a passion of yours to be able to have that company. And I mean, together, they kind of just flow together. And so I really, I really like that sharing that. And I kind of wanted to ask another follow-up question on that. So you said after three years of kind of working under, um, in the private practice setting, you opened up more physical therapy. What were some of those big obstacles early on? And, and when did you know, or did you have a feeling of, okay, I'm ready. I want to make this jump. Um, yeah, good question. So um, the big obstacle was just my own mindset, you know, and, and the fears associated with potential failure um, for, for sure. And as soon as I had um, created uh, my company, uh, on paper, essentially, you know, as soon as I had it in a, in a plan format, right. I literally tried to forecast, you know, how much I was going to spend on paper clips, you know, just to, to the degree I could, you know, try to predict the future. Once I had that, uh, in a, you know, worst case scenario, what I think would maybe happen scenario. And then, you know, the, the very best that it could be, you know, in my mind, once I had that in front of me and looked at it and thought, okay, now that I can see it, or at least what I thought it was going to be, I, I was able to move forward uh, with, you know, with the fears of, you know, failure set aside, knowing that, okay, you know, if I do fail, then at least I can see what it's going to look like. Um, and so I think there's a lot of power in creating something in your mind before you ever, you know, before you ever take that big risk. I think you have to have created it uh, in your mind first. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like, and I think, I mean, just when you said that, what comes to mind is visualization, even like in the sports realm, and that helps kind of translate to success. And I love that aspect of using that in the same realm of, of business and, and opening that up as well. Yeah. Perfect. And then, yeah, I guess early on, so you opened up your own clinic and I guess what were some of those things that you learned 
early on in that aspect. What were some of those challenges that you faced that, although you had the visualization and you had that kind of picture, what were some of those things that said, okay, these are some of the obstacles early on that were challenging, but we, I learned a lot from them and I really valued that process and that learning experience. Um, yeah, we, we, you know, like my, my business plan, if you, you know, had sort of a five-year span to it. And I thought here, I've, you know, I've taken some loans uh, enough to, to make myself through my worst case scenario to, you know, is it's common for new businesses to take about five years to become profitable and whatnot. The reality was we were profitable in about six months. Um, we chose the right location and had some relationships that, um, that were, you know, that helped us. And so we, it didn't take us that long. We, we didn't really meet with the big challenges until, you know, you go from uh, yourself doing all of the treatment to that big step is hiring that big, that first big hire, hiring a, a full-time PT, you know, that's a professional individual who needs to get paid well. Um, and that's really probably the first big leap was uh, hiring that first PT and, and just realizing, hey, you know, this is an investment. And I don't think I realized at the time I do now, as I hire people now, I, I see th these are investments in, in our company as you as you bring on a, an individual, that's really the, the limited commodity um, that exists is your, your people. And so but when I brought on someone I, and I was fortunate to bring the uh, gentleman in that was just outstanding. We worked really well together. And um, so that was, that was a big leap. Um, yeah. Cause it's a money thing, you know, and mm -hmm. money's emotional um, and it's, it creates worry. It seems like there's only so much of it, at least, you know, especially when you get started and, so you're trying to hold on to as much of it as you can. And at any rate, uh, that was, that was a big part. And then we, my experience was like, unlike a lot of people, I think a lot of people grow faster. I mean, we went for about 15 years and just really had organic, slow growth. We established ourselves as who we were as a culture, as a, as a, you know, uh, in the community, people that would come to us and, and that would send us patients and whatnot knew us, liked us, trust us. And, and we, we established that over a, a long period of time before we started uh, really taking the, the point where I was removing myself from treating and, and, and no longer being the face of the, the company, but other people were, you know, doing the work. And that didn't come for years. It came for about, you know, 15 years for us. And so that's when clinic number two opened. And, and when you leave, your clinic, which I did, I, I left the main clinic and went and opened another one. That's a moment that's, you know, a big deal. It's a big moment because you're not, you're no longer there. Like, you, you know, the, the culture that you've established, the decisions that you always made, you're not there to make. And so now you have to start implementing systems and, and processes and, and having uh, some standardization. And, you know, the, the person who was that first clinic director for me, had worked for me and with me for, I don't know, like 10 years at that point. So he knew what I was going to do before I did it for the most part. And so uh, that was, you know, hard, but at the same time, not so much because he was super capable and we knew each other so well. It was when I opened the third clinic and, you know, I, I have never really treated in the third clinic. Like that one has been independent of, of me as far as the, you know, main therapist there. That was a new, a uh, whole other level of, you know, 
just trusting and, and, and allowing other people to use their unique abilities and their strengths and just kind of getting out of my own way, honestly, in, in many cases, you, you kind of think that you need to make every decision and you need to have your fingerprints on everything. And, and what you realize at time is, no, your, your people are super capable and in many ways more so than yourself. And um, so I, I now look at it and think, well, I, I have people who are much better than I was at, at treating patients. And we have people in, in place that their whole ambition and interest isn't like running a business, it's treating patients, right? And so, although I feel like I was a good therapist, um, I think I've got great therapists now and I'm better doing what I'm doing now, which is running the business because that's really where my interest lies right now and kind of where it always has to some degree. So there we go. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all those. I think that's, yeah, the whole process along that was, I was cool to be able to kind of get a glimpse into those. And yeah, I feel I, I've definitely heard that highlight of, of finally getting that next full-time employee. It's such as like this big decision. It's, it is like a, a big investment. So you want to make sure that it's right. But after that, you kind of start to grow and progress. And, and yeah, I, I love the aspect that you said about the importance of, of creating a culture and then you having to go to the other clinic to start that open, but to maintain that. And yeah, I guess, what would you highlight about systems? Some of those things that you learned to like, these are some of the things in this, in creating systems or creating culture that like, I guess in your personal clinic or in your guys' clinics, what are some of the important cultural um, norms or values that you guys have that you feel like have really helped you establish and, and continue to progress and grow as a company? I mean, you have values and you hire off those values. So um, when you're talking to a potential um, you know, person to, to work for you, you spend the time helping them understand both, you know, by talking about it and also by having them come and be in the clinic and feel it. You know, in our clinics, it feels a certain way. And that's true with, you know, every clinic you walk in, you get a, a vibe while you're in there, right? And mm -hmm. I, it, my experience has been if you come into my clinic as a potential new hire, um, you're going to know pretty quickly whether this is the kind of place you'd want to work, you know, and you're going to be able to say, Hey, this is, this fits me or it doesn't. Um, that doesn't mean you hire every single person who comes in your clinic, but you at least know whether you should continue with the discussion. And yeah. um, we've had a few times when we missed on, on hires, but been pretty few and far between most of the time, the culture is bigger than any one person. And it's, mm -hmm it just envelops and, and it, it consumes. And if you get somebody who doesn't fit in the culture, you know, they might bucket or move it a little bit, but for the most part they can't. I mean, they're eventually going to be the thing that's going to leave if they're mm -hmm. not fitting. It's not the culture is going to reshape. Yeah. So um, I'm in on all my clinics on a regular basis. And, you know, I, I see who we're hiring. I, I meet them. I talk to them. We have uh, interactions and, and it's just the people who are, at the head of our clinics are the right people and they drive it now. And so, um, I don't know, it's, it's just bigger than it's, it, it's big enough now that I don't think it's going to get moved. And it's, it's who we are. It's who I am. And, you know, mm -hmm. my business is really an extension of me and I'm proud of that. I love that. It, it makes me super happy that that's the case. And, um, but, but I don't want to give you the, you know, it'd be false to, to say that, you know, you, you make a plan for something and then it all works out just as you planned it. Cause it's actually not at all that way. The plan is just enough to, to, 
talk yourself into sticking your neck out, you know, <laughs> and then once you're in the middle of it, you just work hard to, to make it work, you know? And, um, so I, that's kind of a long answer to a short question probably. No, that's perfect. I love that. Actually, it's interesting that you mentioned those, some, some of those things because, so my wife's in, in, as a marketing major right now and she's finishing up her last semester and she talked about, recently how the importance of company culture and things and she kind of mentioned kind of what you highlighted is that the culture that's created early on a lot of times is going to be a reflection of of the of the owner and the creator and then that culture although they may step out kind of in your situation like where you've kind of stepped up out and been more of the business side of it that culture still maintains and it's a lot harder to change even when they're out you would kind of think oh they could change it how they'd want to depending on the needs but that culture has been ingrained and, and been created. And yeah, that makes so much sense that you kind of say that like it's created and it's been able to maintain even when you're not there because of the system, because of those values that you've instilled into the people that that work there. That's perfect. Um, and I, I want to also kind of highlight another part of your company and your business that you've been doing is Rehab Scribe. Um, could you share with, share with us a little bit about how you created that? Like, how did that come to mind? It's definitely a unique idea. Um, and so I'd love to be able to go into depth a little bit on that. Yeah, so I mean, I think that uh, quite possibly, in my opinion, if I ever asked the, the, the question of a PT, okay, in an outpatient orthopedic setting, you know, what do you like least about your job? Um, it's about 90% would easily answer the same thing, which is the, the documentation requirements. And so <clears throat> I personally was not enjoying the documentation. And so I just decided that I was going to get someone to help me do it. And I decided I was going to have a scribe. Actually, actually, I was at a conference and I ran into a, a man, I can't remember what state he was from, it was, wasn't Arizona, but he was a chiropractor uh, and it was, we were getting some coaching and uh, he was the only chiropractor in a group of PT owners. And uh, there was about 20 of us there. And I was like in a, like a break off session with him. And he explained to me, he had a scribe and it was just like a light bulb going off. I mean, I was like, I have to have one of those. Like I couldn't ask him enough questions. It was just like, tell me more, tell me more. And so I went home and I hired somebody and brought them in. And I said, okay, I don't know what this is. It's just, we're going to invent it as we go. And we've created something that uh, now over the last uh, seven years has be, has become just a part of the fabric of our company. You know, we have scribes in our clinics and uh, I, it, it just makes everything as a physical therapist so much better because your notes are getting done quickly. You're not, uh, you know, staying late to do notes, which is, I mean, just so common. And so, um, and there's a, there's a number of, of benefits to it, I believe. I believe it helps us to complete plans of care. I think it helps us to uh, have accurate and uh, uh, efficient and um, quality uh, documentation that helps us to avoid you know, problems with payment. And um, it helps us in hiring. Uh, you know, when I go to people and say, hey, here's one of the benefits from working for us, it definitely puts us in a situation where they are considering that job, you know, if they weren't before, then now they are. And um, so, uh, you know, I, th I think it's a good business decision as well as uh, it just puts, it reduces the load for a PT 
you know, we're paying our physical therapists a lot of money um, and some of their work they don't need to do. They don't need to necessarily type that out, that note out. They can have that populated for them so that they can go and do what they do and only they can do in the, in the office. And so that's, that's uh, how it started. And um, there's just been so much other, so many other things that have been spinoffs that are good. I mean, from your front office, love the scribes because they become a connection there um, between what's going on in your front office to your back office. You, a scribe is a, is a connection point there. And um, uh, yeah, it could just go on and on. It's, it's just awesome. So. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's it's such a unique idea and it's super cool because I had Heidi Janinga on a, a while back on the podcast and she is kind of the creator of WebPT. And one of the things we talked about is, and that we need to continue to improve in is PTs a lot of times that their servers are busiest when, not during the day when they're treating patients, but at night. And that's something that's like, we got to have a good work-life balance. I think we talk a lot in the industry about burnout and that's one of the issues that we have. And I mean, if you're not able to separate home life and work life, that's definitely going to carry over and cause some of that burnout. And to be able to have a PT really focus on their area of expertise, like you said, do the things that only they can uniquely do. I think a scribe is a, is a perfect example of that. Hey, let's focus, let's let PT do the things that they love to do. And I think for the most part, 99% of PTs, I feel like their favorite part is in documentation, like you said, and to be able to really have them get to that area of treating people, making those differences with the people and having that be, yes, it is a necessary aspect with insurance and everything, but to make that or kind of help lower the amount that they have to do, I think it's such a cool, a cool idea that you guys have come up with. Um, how do you plan, I guess, on if someone were to be interested in this and want to learn more about it, how could they reach out to you in, in regards to Rehab Scribe? Yeah, just go to our website, www.rehabscribe.com and uh, click there and you can get into a discovery call that we can, you know, go through and find out what a, a person's expecting. It's, it's big. What's been really clear is that it's so different for each one of us. We have uh, all the different elements that come into play can really factor as to how to best implement this. Um, I help people determine who they should hire first. And that's one of the unique things about what we do because there's a lot of scribe services out there. I'm not the first person in the world to think about having a scribe. You can, um, a person can go and, and outsource a scribe by going to other companies that have been around for a long time and doing, uh, doing a good job. What I specialize in is helping a, an owner uh, identify and hire an individual and then get that individual trained in your office specifically for your needs so that this person is your employee, not, um, not a uh, working for some other company like a Scribe America or there's others that is just being outsourced. To me, part of the culture of our company is that I want everybody in the clinic that's working toward patient care to be part of our team with our culture, with our, uh, you know, just the, the closeness that we have as a, as a, you know, a family, if you will. They, I don't feel like I could get by just outsourcing to some other company and having someone come in uh, as a contract, you know, scribe. And so mm -hmm. what we do is we, uh, we work with the owner uh, or management uh, and we get very specifically what the, 
the needs are, and then we build around that so that when we're done, usually it's about a, uh, about a six week period. And most of what we do in that training is done and, and it's in place and it's running very well. And um, it's, it's amazing. The people that I talk to um, that are interested in this, some of them have a hundred undone uh, notes that are not done. Like you know, they literally have a hundred notes you know, that just are sitting out there not done. And you're like, holy cow. And they're, they're working like crazy, but they're not getting paid because if those notes aren't done, they're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, so they're just on a treadmill, not getting anywhere that, or you got a PT owner that just wants so badly to take their, their company to a next level um, as far as hiring other people and whatnot. It's oftentimes not people who are struggling to get patients in the door. They've got plenty of patients, but they just don't have any time. And so we become a, a solution, a, a who, not a how, but just somebody who you can say, okay, they'll take care of this. They'll put it into place. And then we'll have this new ability going forward. Um, so that's, that's who we are and, and a little different from some of the other people out there. We're very specific to, to customize to each individual outpatient orthopedic um, clinic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I guess another follow-up question that I have with that is as far as like having a scribe, is it like, what have you found as far as calculating as you have them on the onboarding process? If they have multiple physical therapists, are, is a scribe kind of more one-to-one or do you kind of, I kind of saw a little bit in some of those clinics that you've been at, they have multiple like PTs there and you have the scribe kind of bouncing around. What would you, what have you found is like the ideal number sometimes in a clinic or does that depend on the flow and everything? It's, there's a lot of stuff, but what I, where I think the sweet spot is if, if you, if you use a scribe in my experience, the scribe makes the biggest difference in your initial evaluation. So imagine that you're going into your initial evaluation with a patient and it's you, your patient, and this scribe in the room. And you are looking in that patient's eyes, talking to them directly. You're never taking your attention off them and turning and writing a note or, or typing into a, a tablet. Uh, you, you're taking measurements. You're, you're, you're putting your hands on the patient, feeling things. And all the time you're talking to your patient, saying things like, okay, well, I, I see this. Yeah, you're 110 degrees of shoulder flexion here. And you're, you're you're literally directing all this information to your patient, but it's being captured by the scribe. And so the patient's totally engaged the whole time with you. And it's, it's awesome because just the, the idea of that, I tell people that and they think, oh, that's what I want. I, w- I want to be able to just be there with my patient, never taking my, my attention off them. And the patients, one of the reasons why you're, you, you have such a buy-in from your patients and why plans of care are more commonly completed is because from the very get-go, you're connecting so deeply with them. You're helping them understand how what you're doing is going to get them to where they want to be. And so, um, so I'm sure. So, so, so what I was going to say is about three for, for our pattern or our, our method, we get about three physical therapists per scribe to be able to do all the initial evaluations, all the progress notes, uh, all the subjectives um for daily notes that's that's kind of what we find is a sweet spot um but it's it, there's so much variability in how clinics schedule their patients how different pts might do things differently we have um 
enough of a, um, in our company, we do things enough the same way that doesn't remove the autonomy of the decision-making for the provider, but at the same time, it gives a framework where we can predict when this scribe will be able to go from one therapist to the other in the form of like doing evaluations, progress notes, that kind of stuff. And so it, 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 there's a lot of variability to it, but that's what I think works really well is if, if about three to one type of ratio. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I love the aspect that you kind of highlighted about being able to just, especially in an initial evals, if you're fully locked in and fully focused with that patient, I mean, they're, they're experiencing PT and they're really wanting to know like, like what value are you going to provide? And if you can just truly lock in with them and, and focus on that, I mean, they're going to, they're going to have so much more of a, of a chance, higher chance of buying in and really seeing the value in PT. And so to not have to worry about those things, although they're necessary on our side for billing, for documentation, all those things, but to not have to worry about that and have that kind of focus on them. I think that's super cool. That's a really, really unique aspect that I really like about that. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah. Perfect. And then another question I also wanted to ask in prior conversations, we had talked about the value of coaching and mentorship um, and those things have really helped you in your career and kind of helped you make these next steps um, and, and growing and progressing with, within your company. What could you highlight are some of the important things or some of those aha moments that you've received through coaching, through mentorships, through different people that have kind of bounced, jumped in and out of your path. So um, uh, I have been in the uh, strategic coach signature program now for six years uh, with Chad Johnson as my coach and the uh, strategic coach for those who are familiar with this is the program that's been devised by Dan Sullivan, who's um, the premier entrepreneurial coach. This is not industry specific at all, uh, uh, but entrepreneurial coaching. Um, and he's, um, and so, so I've been part of that program and that's really made a massive difference for me. And it's uh, basically, I go every 90 days, uh, meet in Los Angeles with a group of, uh, entrepreneurs in a room and, and we really draw out of ourselves, you know, what it is that's really the priority to work on in the next 90 days. And so I work in, you know, uh, quarterly kind of blocks of time as far as setting uh, achievable, measurable, um, you know, goals and whatnot. And just that sort of accountability, that sort of rhythm of uh, goal making has, has made a massive difference in, in my personal movement. I, I told you earlier that we uh, opened a clinic, you know, 15 years before we, I ever really started to be an entrepreneur. I mean, yeah, some people would say, well, Hey, you were a business owner for 15 years. Yeah. I was, I was a really well-paid employee of more physical therapies. What I was, I really wasn't running a company, you know, I hadn't given enough, uh, opportunity for the people around me to take roles and really run with them to really truly be doing that. I, that's my opinion. Uh, not to, you know, downplay what anybody else has done, but that's, I think that's what, you know, if you read things like, you know, uh, uh, the E-Myth Revisited, you know, which is one of the classic, you know, entrepreneurial books, um, that whole discussion about, you know, going from just a single person doing work to hiring other people. And, and, you know, uh, certain points in that process, you kind of feel like, you know, 
I'm not sure if I'm going to move forward with this. And um, um, anyways, coaching is what has really helped me pull out of my own mind because I, I believe that inside of each one of us, we really have all the answers, you know, and it's not necessarily that I need to be told how to read a, a balance sheet or a profit and loss statement, or I can learn those kind of things, but that's not really what equates to being a, um, a visionary or a person who's leading a company. What really takes is you looking internally and going, Hey, what is it that I really want? And, you know, what is the next step? And if you ask yourself that question seriously and listen, and take some time and you'll have the answers as to what's most important for you to do right now. I believe that. And then you just work on those things. And if you have a rhythm of doing that, like for me, every 90 days, then stuff just starts happening. And all these things that you were, you know, one day going to do, you know, they just start happening. And so I believe in coaching. Uh, I don't think that the coach that I have is the only or best coach in the world is the right one for me. I think it, there's a lot of coaches out there, but getting some guidance definitely, I, I believe is, uh, is critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that hundred percent. Like there was, I forget what I was listening to recently, but yeah, all the greats have coaches, even the best at different sports, even in the sports world have coaches. How much more do we not need coaches? You know, like if, if those people who are supposedly the best of the best and they're yeah. having coaching and progressing, we got to have that same mentality and really put that value into it as well. So thank you for highlighting that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like how does say like a, a Tom Brady have a coach, right? Mm -hmm. You'd have to say, well, you, you know, you're the best at this. Like how, how could someone be a quarterback coach for him or how could someone be a basketball coach for, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, it's like, well, the reality is, and when you read these guys, their experiences, yeah, it's not, it's, there's a different skill um, that, that is happening when you're getting coached. It's not what you already know. It's being able to determine what is the next most important thing to do. So you're not, <clears throat> so you're growing, you know, mm -hmm. getting better anyway. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. There's like there and, and the getting out of that comfort zone. I think that's also a great thing of a coach is getting us out of that comfort zone and, or getting out of the comfort zone and getting into that growth zone and, and being able to kind of balance that inner, inner between right there is so important. Um, and okay. We're, we're kind of wrapping up right now and it's honestly flown by really quickly. Um, but I wanted to highlight a couple of things before we finish. Um, what is something that you wish you had learned sooner in your career that really made a big impact for yourself? Um, and any kind of last words of wisdom or advice to, to young entrepreneurs or people that are even just wanting to open up their own practice in the future, any kind of words of advice or things that you've learned along your path that you'd wish you learned sooner? Yeah, I think one of the things that I am learning right now, and I'm so grateful that I'm in the process of learning, is that things are just as they are for a reason. Like, trying to strain or make things work the way that I want them to turn out um, is not necessary, nor is it productive in our lives. Like there's a reason why things are happening the way they are. And if you, the sooner you can accept the fact that, Hey, it's fine. Just the way it is with my flaws, with my uh, weaknesses, with, you know, the areas that I'm not great at, um, and, and get beyond that thought of, uh, you know, where you might hold yourself back and just say, just keep plugging forward. It's going to work out, you know? And um, I think I wish I would have 
understood that. And, and, and honestly, I don't know that I'll ever totally master that. And I'm okay with that. Um, just kind of a weird answer to your question, but it's, it's something that um, I think is powerful and, and, and uh, you know, you, you spend so much time doubting your own self and it was, are things going to work out just right? No, things are never going to work out just right. Like, and if you wait till you think all the stars align for, you know, things to work out just right, you'll wait forever. You know what I mean? You got to just go, what do I want? And it's okay if I, you know, fumble through it, you know, it's okay that I'm not perfect or the best at everything, you know, of course. And just go, you know, there's a reason I'm sure I'm learning something here and uh, just keep moving forward. And you're, each one of us who we are, we're unique. We are awesome in our own ways. And uh, that's good enough. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll uh, leave that with my, my little, uh, my little bit of infer, uh, recommendation is just, you know, come what may and love it. Um, you've, yeah. You've just let, let, it be. <laughs> let life be as it is and don't, don't fret too much. You know, you're, you're gonna, you're going to impact some people really, really great because you're supposed to other people. They're not going to be impacted by you. They're going to need somebody else in their life to make a difference. And um, so, yeah. I love it. I love it. Like what came to my mind with that is like the difference between a stepping stone and a stumbling block is all within the height of your step. And like you said, like you can, there's not going to be this perfect step that's going to be built up for you. Like sometimes you're going to have to really get a big step in there and, and it's going to be a process, but to continue to go through with it and not have that analysis paralysis or just really kind of, if you have that goal, get there. It may not, it may be a little bit of a crooked path to get there, but it's in the right direction. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that and just being authentic right there. That was awesome. Um, and then just to, just to finish up, if someone's interested in talking with you and being able to discuss more um, of some of the things that we shared on the podcast or dive a little bit deeper, is there a specific way that you'd prefer them to contact and reach out to you? Uh, yeah, I'll just give you my email address. It's uh, Mark M. So M-A-R-C-M at morephysicaltherapy.com, M-O-O-R-E. Uh, physicaltherapy.com and yeah we are always looking for talent um that's one thing there's we don't you know seems like there's never enough of so if people are interested in working for us um or anything else uh reach out to me and um, we'd love to have you um have a a conversation Uh, if people are interested in our uh scribe you know information that you know www.rehabscribe.com and you can you know go on there and learn a lot about us and then also click to get a discovery call and that would be with me um so yeah thanks for asking perfect yeah and i hope everyone takes advantage of this um i hope everyone is able to really enjoy this episode and re-watch and re-listen to it and to be able to really get that value of those nuggets that we're sharing today i feel like there's a lot of good golden nuggets that you can be able to pull out and implement um, right now, even if you're early on in your career or in PT school, all the way through as a clinician, treating clinician, to be able to add and implement. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. It was a real pleasure to have you on. You bet, JT. Okay, have a good one. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe. And also leave a review. 
Thanks everybody and we'll see you next time.